space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we've got a couple more time travel stories to look at this time. Yeah, We're... there seems to be lots and lots of different time travel, doesn't there? There does. I don't think we've had the same one twice yet, unless you count we had the the slingshot round the sun in the first one, didn't we, in Tomorrow is Yesterday. Yeah. And they do that again in Star Trek Four, but... Yeah, so far yeah, that's we, been the only. Like, like we haven't covered Star Trek Four in this series. No, that's true. We did that as when we, one of our what was that our still been second second episode. Yeah, first or second episode might have even did. been on the first episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quite a long time ago, I think that was there uh, for Squee Fest, wasn't yeah, it? I think it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we haven't covered it in a while, but. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of where we have the same thing twice. So we've got yeah. two more. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is Relativity from Season 5 of Voyager, which yeah. ties in nicely with uh, Future's End. Yeah, it's sort of like a follow-up, isn't it? To... Yeah, yeah. It's a good one as well. And then All I Yesterdays, which is the, the penultimate episode of the original series. Yeah, like, there's not actually... I think there's only actually three of... Three or four time travel episodes in the original yeah, series. Yeah, there's not many. But um, no, again, this is a good one. So I'm looking forward to chatting about them. But um, before we do that, we'll cover the latest sort of Star Trek rumours and everything. Yeah, so. like, as we're recording this, what, it's June the 17th now? Yeah. Um, like, on certain parts of the internet, like, if you still stuck at home like a lot of us are you're watching all sorts you've run out of netflix run out of <laughs> yeah. amazon to watch so you end up with youtube and facebook videos and all sorts and this week there's been a two three rumors coming out and i think the big one that's got a lot that's started to do the circuit is that they're going to bring kirk back as almost a season regular in the Pike show, mm-hmm. which doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I you don't could maybe see show that. him once, but you couldn't bring him in as a regular. I don't think. I mean, I could see them ending the show with like in the five handover. years' time. Yeah, yeah, I could That'd see be that. Perfect, the handover between Pike and yeah. Kirk to end it. A little cameo, but the, yeah. I cannot imagine at all Kirk how being you, in strange. Yeah, how you can have Kirk in the five-year mission before because it's. You could maybe have him done fine, say the, what was it, the Farragut, he was, he yeah. was serving on as a lieutenant, but it'd be a minor officer on there, so you can't see how they do it. No. But they're now also saying that there's a new rumour that he's going to be bi mm. and sexual when he comes back. Like, let's be clear, we have no problem with bisexuals. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's fine, but this is changing, like, one of the most beloved characters in Star Trek, the backstory, if it was true. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, we, we talked about this a little bit um, when we talked about Star Trek Beyond and how it showed uh, the Kelvin version of Sulu was gay. And um, I think it was Squee made the argument that, well, you don't really see a lot of Sulu's sexuality, so 
it, potentially it's possible. Whereas Captain Kirk is blatantly presented as heterosexual, yeah. and <laughs> there's never been anything out, to suggest otherwise outside of slash fiction. Um, yeah, the, there's never but, been. Yeah, but this rumor started on. I'm not sure which site's actually started it. I think I heard about it from We've Got This Covered, who are notorious for not having it covered. Yeah, and like our old favourites, Midnight Edge and their posse have all picked up on it. And strangely enough, a lot of them are quoting um, the rumour starting with Daniel uh, Richman. Right. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a Twitter influencer in Reggae. Oh, okay. And he's... He is actually really on the money when he comes out with what's going on. Right. It's really, really accurate. The only thing is that if you look at his Twitter account, he hasn't mentioned anything about this. It's <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> so no. the quoting the, the, the source, source material... But the, what if you actually look at his accounts? He hasn't he hasn't mentioned anything. Right. So it's just complete bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds it. I mean, it it sounds to me like somebody's trying to stir up some sort of argument, and they're trying to have people arguing with each other. You know, it's. It seems to me like somebody with an agenda has gone. I'm going to say this because. Yeah. I imagine that the reaction they want to elicit is, first of all, people will say, as we've done, that it doesn't fit with the character and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But then there will be people who will react to that, saying, well, you've been homophobic by saying that. And it, that isn't the case. It, no, it isn't. But it, it, will, le- it will lead to these that's, arguments yeah. online. And <clears throat> it seems to me that that's what they're doing. But yeah, my take on this is I don't think Kirk's going to mean it at all. Uh, no. Apart from like, p- potentially said, think, a cameo. In five years' time, a little cameo, Pike handing over the Enterprise to him, sort of a handoff ceremony, that'd be a really nice touch. And I don't think, even if they did introduce Kirk, I don't think they would change his sexuality no. whatsoever. <laughs> However, I wouldn't be surprised if there is... LGBTQT representation in Strange New Worlds because that is what you would expect, but yeah, it, it but won't be. See, you're it, not going to change your massively no, established character. It, it won't be Kirk, but no. <laughs> and for the record, there is no problem with doing that as long as whichever whichever character they do introduce, if they if indeed they do, as long as they're an interesting character, then I don't care what sexuality fictional characters have. It's yeah. if it's you know, if that character serves the story and that's a facet of their character, absolutely fine. But yeah. it you know, it's just silly. These yeah, somebody's trying to get people all riled up and I think if you have got riled up by it just do yourself a favor and you know get get unriled because it it's not even really worth discussing but you know yeah. so that's other, one what else have rumor, we got or one of the other rumors that's going around like i think we could safely say we think that's bullshit and there's no evidence of it it's just bullshit yeah the other rumor that's going around is um star trek prodigy has been cancelled. Is that the Nickelodeon one? Yeah, Star Trek Prodigy's working title for the Nickelodeon one. Right. And the evidence they've given is they've shown, like, the Star Trek properties, you have to register 
mm-hmm. the intellectual properties is for publishing rights and broadcasting rights, etc. Yeah, yeah. So on the Star Trek rights, that's originally it was like about the second down in the list, and it's been uh, changed to inactive. So and that happens when as when it's cancelled right. instead, and that's what they've been using as evidence. They've shown the top five, and it's listed as dead. So they oh, it's cancelled. It's all over. What's actually happened is Viacom, who owned Nickelodeon, are now merged back in with CBS. It's all one big happy family again. Yeah. And uh, Star Trek Prodigy is now going to go on the CBS all-access platform when it comes out right. as a streaming service. So it's had to be how it's going to be published changed from a TV series to a streaming series. Right. And if you go down to the 10th um, title on the, this list, mm-hmm. it's Star Trek Prodigy Active Streaming Service. <laughs> <laughs> so it's another one. Midnight said you're putting this out all over, having a... They're having the field day, or oh, it's been cancelled, Star Trek in trouble like they like to do. They've got an agenda. It's they're obviously not actually Star Trek fans, how they carry on. But all you have to do is look at the full list, and you see that it's changed from a, a programme that's going to go out on TV to a programme that's going to go out on streaming <laughs> service. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean... I mean, the the you know the the sites that are reporting this are the ones that said Discovery were cancelled after season one, and yeah, then and after then, season two, uh, and cancelled after season two. Then they're only making season three to save face to shareholders, and there'll be no other Star Trek. But we've got Picard <laughs> in between yeah. and Pike's in uh, pre-production. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one they might be right about. Uh, is section 31 which has gone extremely quiet but yeah i think we're getting pike instead of section 31 i I do too but yeah and i think you've got to feel sorry for oh what's his name who plays ash um oh what is his name now hang on shazad latif yeah shazad latif you've got to feel sorry for him because it looks like he left discovery gender season two thinking he was off to be in (laughs) yeah this new section 31 show it looks like it's probably going to happen. We're going to get Pike instead. Uh, they can always put him on the Enterprise and have him. He could Pike. be on the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. No reason he, why he not. Does, no, no. There's a we we only ever saw a few members of the crew from the from the pilots. So yeah. They could have whoever they wanted. <laughs> have you seen that? There's a fan petition that they want Jeffrey Combs to play the the Doctor. Really? I'd yeah. like to see Jeffrey Combs come back. Yeah, I would as well. So uh, Apparently he said that he, he's up for it if they want to speak to him about it, but um, nothing anywhere near approaching official yet. But... Yeah, it'd be nice to see him in, um, as a main character in one of the shows. He's done his time as yeah, yeah. a supporting character and a recurring character. To give him a... I think he's done enough to earn as a oh, main yeah, character. Oh, yeah, he'd be great. And, well, I'll... I, I mean, again, we don't really know, but I'm sure it was rumoured that had Enterprise got a fifth season, Shran was going to become a, a main character, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll never know. Yeah, he's played some really great characters, some favourites over the years. Oh, definitely. It'd be nice if he does play, um, was it Dr. Boyce they called him? He won't, yeah, have to have his, yeah. he won't have to have makeup on, he'll be able to actually appear <laughs> well, yeah. as himself. Yeah, that would think it'd be quite strange actually to see him without makeup in a. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, so is that is that it for the rumours for now? Uh, then? I think the only other one is Midnight Sedge of Trade, uh, now saying Discovery's uh, reason for being delayed. It's nothing to do with COVID-19 or anything. It's because it's so rubbish to have to reshoot so much and the, <laughs> and the stages have already been taken apart, which... They're just clutching at straws. Yeah, I mean, if they did, it. if they did want to do reshoots, they wouldn't be able to at the moment, anyway. So yeah, but sort of saying that's why it's delayed. No, when, that's yeah, that's rubbish. Yeah, like it, it's all been down. We know it's all been down to waiting to get the score done, and they're, they're just about managing to get it all sorted now. They've had to record everyone remotely and then mix like. 60 musicians recording from the home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I'm wondering about it all is I know that um, CBS All Access are planning like a major relaunch. I don't know whether they're going to rebrand or rename the service itself yeah. uh, or whether they're going to change sort of how it works or what it offers. It's just there's been a lot of talk that there's something in the works in terms of rebranding it, presumably so that it's more competitive with Disney and all the various other ones. Well, also with them uh, re-merging with Viacom, they're yeah. going to have a lot more uh, content to so get out this. It so... may, it, I wonder if they, they want Discovery to be a launch title for that rebrand as well, so whether it, they might hold it back a little bit so that they can... I... They can put the best foot I, forward, kind of thing. But I think as soon as we can get Discovery, we will do. As soon as they've got, yeah, where they can get it, get into the studios and actually finish it. I think we'll get it. I think once we get back in studios within a month, we'll probably get oh, it. Oh yeah, I would hope released. so. But we yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that anyway. Yeah, <coughs> like there's always Star Trek Lower Decks, which is ready to come out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no word on when that's going to be either, is there? But... Yeah. Um, Jonathan Frex has been confirmed as uh, directing, I think it's two episodes of The Pike Show. Oh, excellent. Yeah, they seem to... New Worlds. So um, this will just about put him involved with every uh, every uh, Star Trek show, apart from the original yeah, series. Yeah, it will. So the original it? Yeah. films. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, he's done well. Yeah, and he's a, he's a very good director. So he is. I like. It's, it's I like, welcome. He is. He's a good director. We can almost forgive him for Thunderbirds. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like <coughs> Thunderbirds damaged his career more than anything else. You know, it's a shame, really, that he ended up with that one. Yeah, um, because it. I think he described it as being put in movie jail. And yeah. so he, he didn't work for, for a while, and now he's back as a very popular TV director. But, uh, yeah, shame, really. But there we go. So should we crack on with Voyager, yeah. then? Yeah, Relativity. let's actually talk about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Relativity starts at Utopia Planitia, and we see Voyager being built, and we see all the other various ships and everything. Yeah, this is. Um, I think this is the, the first time we actually see... Utopia Peninsula, like this, where we see more than just one ship. That's true. I was thinking that when I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I can't think of before or since that we've seen. Well, we do see it again in Picard when it gets blown up. Yeah. But, but other think... than that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It's nice to see that. Yeah, very good. And see the different, like, classes of ships and everything that they're working yeah. on. 
And um, we soon realise this is the first time Janeway's been on board. And, like, she beams over and she meets this Admiral who's clearly an old friend and everything. Yeah, it almost seems like he's been a mentor. Yeah, very much so. There's sort of a father-daughter kind of thing going on. And then the the stinger sort of at the end of the the teaser is we see Seven of Nine uh, dressed in a science... Well, science or medical, what have you, blue... Yeah, science, I'd say. And working on the bridge, and she's not got a bargain plan, and obviously she shouldn't be there, so... Yeah, it's a good opening. Yeah, it's, it's, you sort of, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It sets it up, and it, they didn't necessarily have to start the story here either when you watch it, uh, but I'm glad they did because it, it throws you sort of off a little bit at the start, but in a good yeah, way. It throws you off, but it's also nice to see that because we know that Janeway's on a brand new ship Yeah, at the start of Voyager. But we don't actually see her come on board for the first time, so no, it's nice it's to true. actually see that, her getting a ship. And you get sort of, uh, a lot of sort of nods to the pilot of Voyager, like you get the bits where she's saying uh, bioneural circuitry and sustainable cruise velocity and all, you know. Yeah, and the, and I've heard of a pilot yeah. that would be good for this mission. Yeah, and they're talking <laughs> about we haven't heard from Tuvok in a while and... yeah. Yeah, some really, really good stuff there. And there's a good sort of joke with the Doctor where uh, she says his personality could use a bit of work. <laughs> bit of work. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's interesting. So, presumably, the Doctor doesn't remember that meeting because at that time he wasn't... He was just sort of switched on and off, you know. he They hadn't activated him so he could learn or so he could... Yeah, it was just sort of... Turn on, turn off. Yeah, so that's interesting. And um, we sort of, then we, we get back to Seven and we follow what she's going on and she's looking for temporal distortions and they describe it as a weapon. Yeah. And then obviously she finds this thing in the the Jeffreys tube and... Um, she opens the hatch and she looks and you see how she's seen things. Yeah, that's good. Sort of a greenish, greenish hint. Yeah, I noticed that. So does Seven always see with a, a greenish tint? So she she's not got a a human sight fully. Well, back. I'm assuming so. From the same when you when she goes back to sort of Voyager in the present, and I know it's set in the future, but Voyager's yeah. present from our view of watching it, it's it it's times time. <laughs> Yeah. When the doctor treats and her eyesight comes back to and it is in green. Yeah, because she says it's normal. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's green. So, yeah, uh, there's something I'd, I'd... I have seen this one before, but I'd forgotten that that was how that, yeah. Seven saw Yeah, it's the quite world. interesting to see that and that they've put it like that. Yeah. And then she she transports out. So this is our time travel this time. It's We're getting a, a temporal transport beam. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, we can teleport now through time, or yeah. transport through time. And it seems very easy as well. So they, well, you know, we'll talk about the the repercussions of it, but um, but it, it seems fairly straightforward to do. Yeah, put some coordinates in, pick a pick the time. Yeah, and apart from that, yeah, the the, the distance of the transport is obviously 
enormous as well because they're they're transporting through time, but also from the Alpha Quadrant to the Delta Quadrant and yeah, this, yeah, they're definitely going through time and space because they go through because like well, the first one we see is it sort of in our solar system. Yeah. Then she goes to the Delta Quadrant, then another part of the Delta Quadrant. So it's obviously yeah, exactly. So it's anywhere through in time and space. So maybe Scotty's finally told him about that transporter that he invents in the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, so maybe that's what he's been doing off in his shuttle in relics and he you know he finds not just got transwarp, he's got trans time warp. Yeah, there you go. It, it literally is like a TARDIS, except you don't need a, a box. No, you don't. You can just beam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we we do see the time ship in the future. I think that's a pretty cool ship design as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we've never seen anything like it. It's, what, 29th century? Yeah. 500 years in, in the future? They, they do, do say that to Seven, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And it's, yeah, it's really cool, really slick. There's not really nacelles on it. it yeah, it's no. a completely different design to what we usually see from the Federation. Yeah, like, it's, it almost looks like it's got the nacelles in the centre, almost. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, but, it's, I do like the design. And the seven beams back and dies is the sort of, I think that's where you'd have gone to the first commercial break sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, again, that's really quite an audacious opening. So you've got, we don't know what's going on in terms of why she's working with them, how she's got there, how she, you know, what she's doing in the past, really. We know she's trying to find something, but, um, you know, we we don't quite know what's going on. And then she's dead. So (laughs) there's a lot going on. And, but then we find out, like, we're going to recruit her again from Voyager. (laughs) Uh, before we recruited her the first time, so yeah, we'll we'll pick her up. To say we'll get her a couple of microseconds before the explosion. Yeah, and so this is Voyager in the present, or you know, the present yeah. of the series where we're at now. So the, we're picking up where we left off in the previous episode, and that's where they're going to snatch Seven from. Yes, and this is where we see the Doctor. Yeah, treating her for she's got a, an imbalance, and her eyesight's a bit funny. Yeah, which is obviously because of this temporal. Yeah, we find out later that it's that's what's caused it, and um, there's a load of the crew are getting what they call space sickness. Yeah, the captain's got space sickness. <laughs> where Janeway's not in this very much. In fact, no. this is this is a real head. Seven of nine heavy. Oh, it is, yeah. I mean, Janeway gets some good bits in it and everything, but yeah. (laughs) And you do get a little bit of the rest of the crew, lads. This thing with Tom Paris, where he's basically baiting her, like, you don't want to let Bellana beat you. (laughs) Bellana win. Or Bellana say that you were scared. (laughs) Yeah, and she says, oh, you're just trying to appeal to my vanity, but she's still up for it, so it's (laughs) worked. And he goes, is it work? Well, it's worked, isn't it? Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. And the the playing table tennis or ping pong, and yeah, the ball kind of freezes midair. Yeah, which is quite a clever little touch. Yeah, it's very good. And because I was wondering at that point, I'm like, well, how long are they going to stick with this table tennis game? Like, are we going to be watching the whole thing? And there's a weird bit though where Belana asks for the score, and it's like 1918. It's like you couldn't remember that. Like, yeah, it's fairly close. You know, you'd think she'd be keeping an eye on it, but anyway, 
<laughs> and so, yeah, so they, they basically come up with the theories. It's a temporal anomaly and everything like that. Yeah, they start getting... People start getting sick and coming to sick bay. And there's a cool bit with the Doctor where Neelix calls him, but when he gets there, Neelix hasn't called him yet. Yeah, this is when they realise that it's actual, actually a temporal thing. That yeah. there's real-time problems. And it's, yeah, it's like localised, so sick bay's further in the future than the mess hall. Yeah, and... yeah he goes to the replicator and he, go, and he presses the button and goes, this is the time in sick bay, and this is the time here, and sort of, Mm, that's quite clever of the replicator. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it seemed to be, it, it's, I know it's a nice visual touch, but it's sort of like, well, how is he actually doing yeah, that? Yeah, how does the replicator know? Yeah, the replicator should think it's the time it is in yeah. the vessel everywhere. It's Maybe it's the bioneural circuitry, something to do with that. And it's working out the temporal distortion. Clever, clever replicators, yeah. <laughs> And there's a bit where Belana can't see the weapon uh, because yeah. she's not yeah, seven. Sort of... Seven can see it differently because of her Borg implants and yeah, she sees different phases in space. Yeah, space time. She can see the phase. So this is one of those where I mean we've talked about like Voyager sort of did risk becoming the Seven of Nine show at one point, but this one it makes a lot of sense why it has to be seven. That's your yeah, well, this is like um, nearly two years on as well since Seven yeah, joined yeah. the crew. So she's she's quite established as a regular member of the crew by now. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's not like season four where every episode seems to be a Seven of Nine episode. But, but this one, it totally makes sense that it would be her because of her unique um, physiology, basically. Yeah, like, to be fair, I, bet sh- I actually reckon Jerry Ryan must have loved making this episode because most of it she doesn't have to wear a bog implants. True. She just puts on a step... And she doesn't have to wear the, the jumpsuit yes, the Doctor exactly. made her. She gets to wear a Starfleet uniform like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. So I bet this was actually a really fun episode. Yeah, it will really, have been. Really comfortable. And it's it's around here then that Janeway remembers seeing these readings before in Dry Dock. So we get a, a call back to what we saw in the teaser there. Yeah, a temporal variance of yeah, point she's three like, something. Like I've seen it before and everything. So, um, And then the Relativity crew turn up and they take seven, as they said they were going to. Yeah, and like very quickly Voyager deteriorates because of the temporal distortions yeah. and blows up. Yeah, yeah, and it's another one where we've got time travel and we've got the ship blowing up. Yeah, and um, now which do you think looked better? The episode we looked at last week, um, cause and effect, or this? I'd go with cause and effect, I think. I think cause and effect looks better. And the the difference is, this was CGI. Yeah. And it's, what what would this be, 2001? Oh, yeah, it's a long, long, you know, it's a, at least 10 years after they've done it. Uh, 92 was cause and effect, and I think this is yeah. So we're... about 2000, 2001. Yeah, it so... had to be 2000 because um, the episode before is when Janeway's remembering about being ah, uh, uh, course, uh, family yeah. story for the Millennium Gate or right. whatever. So yeah, seven eight years difference. So 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 we early days of CGI and they're using CGI. And I don't blame them; it saves a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. On the models, but it didn't. 
when you look back at it now, the model blowing up looked a lot better. Yeah, it did. Yeah, easily. Uh, I suppose, though, yeah, it, like you say, it's a money-saving thing, isn't it? Oh. But but you're right, cause and effect did it better. And um, yeah. so then we get an unexpected appearance by the Kazon, because that's where we're going back to is when Kazon are attacking the ship. Yeah, yeah they've worked out it was two years after they, after they arrived in the Delta Quadrant when... Yeah. Yeah, this is um, from a season two episode, Alliances... Oh, is it from... The, I was that's, trying to what, think. that's what the shots are, but the yeah. Kazon never boarded them in this shot. This. No, I was trying to think exactly which episode it was um, from. That's what the the shot with the two Kazon raiders coming behind them is from Alliances. I went back and watched them. Just right. <laughs> I, I was actually looking to see... Because we get a nice uh, shot of Janeway in the corridors. Right, talking yeah. Talking to remember, and I wanted to see if... See if that was actually That actually in. happened and it doesn't, so... Right. I just I was wondering if they'd used more shots, but that no, happened. No, I wondered that as well. I wonder if we were doing a bit of a Back to the Future 2 type thing where you're revisiting, but... Yeah, so I like some of the the conversations on the Relativity where they're like, just beware of Janeway, she's terrible, she's a nightmare. Yeah, like, this got me, like... This time when they bring Seven, they go, this is your third time. So we've obviously missed one of the first time. Yeah. So we've not even seen the first time they took her. We've only seen the second one. So this is the third one. And they go, this is last time. But you need to learn all about uh, paradoxes and all that. And it's sort of like, why do you need to go on a training mission? <laughs> a training thing? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I suppose because the idea is, well, we don't want you to mess up the timeline when you're doing time it. Loops. And she does come out with popcorn paradox and this paradox. Yeah. And... <laughs> and there's a good bit where they're talking about first contact and they say, like, so we owe the Federation to the Borg. And she says, you're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some good stuff. And I like that it plays into, you know, we've talked about how Janeway's always saying, I always wanted to avoid time travel. And, you know, we've talked about how she's not very good at it. But it's yeah. good that she's so bad at it that the the crew of the Relativity are aware of her. Yeah, they have... Yeah, they have... It is it's the Janeway effect. There's yeah. paradox actually called after her. Which is not surprising, given how many paradoxes she does get into. Yeah. And, yeah, so, you know, Seven gets caught and Janeway recognises her from back on Dry Dock and everything. And you get this thing of, which we get quite often in Star Trek, which is, you have no reason to trust me, but you need to trust me. And, yeah, um, I will join your crew in. I can't tell you what it is. It'd go against the... What's happening? It'll go against the temporal prime directive. What? So it's about time travel. Yeah, that's a, a bit, bit of a giveaway. Bit of a giveaway. Yeah, I'm from your future, <laughs> but I can't tell you what's going on. Yeah, but I'm going to join your crew, so you know that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so mm, yeah, but having said that, at least that is acknowledged in the episode because you've got them back on the relativity going. No, what's she saying? Why is she doing that? Yeah. And Janeway obviously decides to trust her. And then we get the twist that it's Braxton who's set the bomb up. Yeah. And this leads to him being arrested in the future. But they also need to catch him in the past as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically, he's he's got temporal psychosis, essentially, because of all the crap that Janeway's done. And yeah, he, 
he's got he's, a vendetta against her. Yeah, he had temporal... Tam- well, it turns out he'd had temporal psychosis from the first time with Future's End. Yeah. Which I don't think's really her fault. No, it wasn't. I mean, he said it was because Voyager blew up, but we never really got to the bottom of that. But no. It looked no, more like it was him blowing up. Yeah, 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 it was a funny one. We never worked out... We 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 came to the conclusion that episode actually never happened, didn't we? In the end, yeah, of how time time goes. But this, which is... <laughs> but this Braxton seems to remember it. Yeah, but the and he's one had we... to spend time in a me- some form of mental hospital. But the one we saw at the end of Future's End didn't remember it. No, well, it it was an earlier version. Right, okay, so maybe... It's, and they've actually changed the actor as well. It's not the same I guy playing they Braxton, had done, which is yeah. annoying. Yeah, I thought they had. Um, maybe it's a little bit like if you're on a like the relativity. It's a bit like being on the Krenum ship and you're outside of the changes or something. Possibly because they talk about making incursions and all yeah, that the same and, way, don't they? And they also talk about, well, we don't have to wipe your memory. But if that was... You would, haven't gone that... to the future, so you haven't affected... To your future. So that would... So you haven't interacted with your future self, so we don't have to wipe your memory this but, time. But that would imply that they know what's going on in all the different time streams. So, yeah, they must be outside of normal space-time or something. So maybe that's why Braxton remembers everything. Possibly. Uh, but he's got it in for Janeway anyway. And he's basically trying to do what the Krenum guy did, and he? He wants to just wipe Janeway out. Jim, yeah. <laughs> And he, he jumps another two years back, which takes us back to where we were at the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then they jump five years ahead again, back to the ping pong game again. Yeah, and then you have, like, Seven say, tra- got them keep transporting, and they go, you can't, it'll kill you, you'll get psychosis. Yeah, and she it, she does, like, collapse, doesn't she? And she yeah. She dies in her own arms. Yeah, which is a bit weird. And she, um, yeah, she tells herself herself to hunt her down. And then you've got her back on the relativity saying, oh, Seven's really resourceful. She'll get her. <laughs> so, and they have that bit where she says, seven of nine to seven of nine. <laughs> and concept, yeah. So, yeah, it all gets yeah, a little bit crazy. Fun. Yeah, it, it was is. a fun episode to rewatch with these little... Little bits and pieces. And then, ultimately, Janeway has to... Once it's all resolved, they they decide, well... Yeah, well, they catch Braxton here, don't they? Yeah, they stop him. So it's, but then they say, well, it'll be better for the timeline if you catch Braxton earlier. No, it's that you still have to catch Braxton with the go. We've got one of them in the brig which had arrested from their time. Yeah. They've got the one they've just caught on Voyager. Yeah. And then, and then there's the one who planted it originally. Yeah, so they need to get that to stop all of it happening, basically. Yeah, and then, then we'll reintegrate him to face trial. Yeah, which makes <laughs> you wonder what they do there. But it's implied they do that at the end with Seven and Janeway. Yeah. Because they say, they say, we'll reintegrate you. and uh, Yeah, and we'll sort out all the, prob- all the incursions you've created. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, it, it does get a bit crazy at the end, but it's really, really the, good fun. Yeah, they do actually show solving all these paradoxes Seven's created, do they, where she's met herself and no. she's spoken to Jane Wayne, Jane Wayne saw her I, I twice think, earlier. 
I think the implication is that that last one that Janeway does, where she catches him before he plants it, will mean that all of them will be won't happen or something. So I think we've got another one that doesn't really happen again. Yeah, except Janeway and Seven will remember it. Janeway and Seven remember, but they're the only ones who do. Yeah, so, Which... like, obviously, Seven won't have had the problem. Will Seven have had the problems with her? She should she the doctor sh- to solve. She shouldn't have done because uh, the the weapon would have been there making yeah, the a weapon feel. Weapon have been there. So so yeah, most of it, if not all of it, probably hasn't happened. Which keeps adding to my theory that the best Voyager episodes are the ones that don't happen. It's <laughs> it is starting to it is actually adding up when you actually look at these time travel episodes like we are. How many of them don't actually happen in the? Haven't yeah. actually happened. They wipe themselves out in the. At the and end it's of them. it's a lot less when you take out everything that's not happened. It's a lot less of an eventful journey home, really. You know, <laughs> most of the big adventures and and happened. It's yeah, it's a weird one. But yeah, so no, really good episode, really yeah, good fun. Yeah, like to be fair, like it took them seven years to get home, but. I think we're probably approaching a good eight, eight and a half in reality. Yeah. The year of hell that didn't happen. Yeah, yet. exactly. All the bits that didn't happen had add to it, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, we're, we're in a, a period now where we're getting all sorts of Star Trek spin-offs. I wouldn't mind a, a Relativity series or something, yeah. something similar. <clears throat> like, I'm wondering if... Um, like with Discovery, if they might be sent back at some point. Yeah, they could be. By, yeah. By these, because what time period have they jumped to? Is it 900 years in the future? Well, they went, yeah, 900 years. So they'll have gone to. So they'll. they'll 31st be, century. Yeah, so they'll be further on than this. They're yeah. about 200 years on from this. Yeah. But. but- like they talk about going to the future as well on relativity, don't they? So, oh yeah, so yeah, there's it's certainly a possibility. <laughs> but yeah, another good good Voyager time travel. So yeah, like, Voyager time travel episodes are really good fun and highly recommend them. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll jump back then. So we'll do a bit of time travel and go back to the original series. Yeah. And as I say, this is the the penultimate episode. And I've always thought this one had been a better finale than than the. I mean, because the you know they didn't make finales as finales in them days. But well, I'm not sure if it had even been fully announced that it was cancelled. No, as probably finished, not. But. As- Finish filming. I, I don't think it was actually. They were even told I was. I just think it's a it's a stronger episode than Turnabout Intruder. Yeah, it uh, is. and it's it would have been would have been nice to to finish, finish off. on a on a good on a high. Yeah, but yeah, I like this one as well. So this one we've got a we've got a planet that's gonna go nova. Or the sun's, the sun's about go to nova. go supernova in a couple of hours. Yeah, and it's there's nobody on the planet, and then. Spot. Yeah, but they find it confusing because last time the survey, it was massively populated. Yeah, and they say, what could have caused it? And one of the suggestions is mass suicide. Like, yeah. Well, there'd still be some evidence of that if it was mass yeah, suicide. Yeah, there'd still be evidence. Like, surely there'd be mounds of dead people. Like, you, you would think so. Evidence that way. Unless, Unless it's in a 
faced each other and in yeah disintegrated. Yeah, unless they found a really weird way of doing it. But um, yeah, it, I think we can probably rule that one out. But good to know that we're we're thinking of all the options. Yeah. And then they go to this library, which, like, obviously, you know, 1960s set design is not going to be what we're accustomed to now. But I don't think this is bad at all, given the the limits of the time. You get you get a sense that it's a really big place and that there's all sorts of data stored there and everything. I think yes, it's, the, it's pretty the, impressive. The wheel out um, <laughs> Gen 5, Gary 7 computer and yeah, several... Been, it's been several different alien computers. <laughs> yeah, it has. But, you know, again, those things weren't cheap to build back in the day, so... No, no. You've got to use it. Not. But um, you get Mr. Atos with his, his pun-tastic name, A to Z. And yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> not a bad joke. I mean, it only works if the alien language is the same as... Um, unless the Universal Translator did it, in which case the Universal Translator is really clever that it's translated it so the joke still works. Well, I think that we have to assume that the Universal Translator is. Yeah, it's it's translated the humour of Mr. Atos's name as well, so well done, Universal Translator. <laughs> and there's, there's a little bit of sort of mystery, isn't there, at the start? Like, you know, he's saying, yeah, he's saying it, everybody's safe, like, don't worry. Oh. Welcome to the library and make your selection and why are you so late? Yeah, he thinks that they're just people from that planet and he's got to try and help them out. Yeah, yeah, it's... He's not He's not necessarily a baddie, really. He's just somebody he, who he's really... A, he isn't a baddie. He At just, no point is he a baddie. He really wants to do his job. <laughs> That's his... Yeah, it's, and he's got... Identi- is made replicas of himself, so you've got to assume it's some sort of android technology. Yeah, which, yeah, that's a weird one, because, again, the, the teaser sort of ends with just how many of them are you, as if that's going to be the big mystery of the episode, and then it's not. It's just like, yeah, I've got a load of duplicates. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we move past that. I mean, it gives Kirk some, some people to beat up later on, so... Yeah, yeah, he does a bit of old man bashing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if they're androids, that's all right. But then he does duff up the the real Mister. Are you the well. real one? Yeah, duff. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And yeah, this guy he's planning on going to safety as well. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's like you still don't know. It's quite a while till you actually realise what's happening. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it's there. Um, it's sort of like to Kirk. Oh, I'm here. Um, I've got something to show you. That may some things that may interest you. And it's amazing how I how much these look like DVDs or Blu-rays. That's true, actually. Yeah, on. yeah, definitely. <laughs> they look a bit like um, what are it when the the PSP, the PlayStation Portable came out. It had the I think they called them UMDs and. They were sort of little discs, but inclo- encased by plastic, and yeah, they yeah. look a bit like that. But yeah, very, yeah, very sort of uh, forward thinking. Yeah, there. I, I couldn't find um, this on an original version this episode because it it'd have been nice to see what they did graphically for how it played. Yeah, yeah. Originally, when they did it, 
But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's the point actually. So yeah, I'm praising the visuals and stuff, and it, with the the updates that they did can be very very subtle, so it's it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, I, I think you'll find that that's an updated one. Um, I saw who was it who first did that? It was in the seventies when they first did that sort of TV screen onto t- onto oh a, yeah onto yeah. a prop. It, was, yeah. it might be Space 1999 or, or one of them. That I mean, was one of the very early ones to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's an effect that still can look very iffy when they try and do it. So it's, yeah, um, yeah they probably have touched it up a little bit. I but... was watching a thing on, actually, when we say about it, it's an effect that still looks iffy. I was watching um, some on Adam Savage's Tested and it was in the effects studio for The Expanse. All right. And they were showing the communicators, which if you get a close-up, the old video screen and everything. But they were saying the actors are actually taught, when they're talking into them, mm. to hold them at a side profile to right. the camera. So they haven't got to worry about putting a visual actually on. Yeah, that, well, yeah. Because I mean, it's really difficult to do still, yeah, to and, actually map it perfectly. And apart from anything else, it's a, it's a money saver not having to do it. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so like you say, we don't really know. We're sort of getting a sense what's going on, but... Um, yeah, so Kirk's looking at... Yeah, it's uh, like, I'll show you these five, and if you don't like these five, I've got some more. And th- that's obviously like his sample selection. Yeah, and then McCoy puts another one in. Yeah. And he's showing just like snow, like the Arctic or something. Yeah, bad move, McCoy, picking that one, but... <laughs> And Kirk hears a woman screaming, so obviously he has to go to the rescue. Yeah, he's a woman. Now, don't you think this, when he runs through, because he runs through the two pillars, mm. and that's what transports him, don't you think that looks like the Iconian transport it that we see next generation? Yeah, it does. I know no point to say these are Iconians, but... And the the Iconians well has got a similar thing of all the images flashing through, and then you yeah. go through and... Uh, a little bit of Guardian of Forever as well with you yeah. know, different images. but And then Spock and Bones go through as well, but it's already cycled on and they go to the icy place. They but... go to the one that McCoy had been looking at. Yeah. And then it's, uh, Kirk proves himself to be quite the the fencer as well. So he share another thing he shares with Picard. Um, I assume Sulu's been giving him lessons. Yeah, most likely. And this appears to be, it, it reminds me of like sort of English Civil War times, like the Cavaliers yeah, kind of thing. Like, well, Star Trek, especially in the original series, um, is sort of very much on that. If it's a humanoid planet, they followed the same sort of history patterns. Yeah, yeah. They, I <laughs> You'll think, go through the same stages. So I think in Miri, they, they say, don't they, like parallel Earth development or something yeah. like that to explain it. But but yeah, and then the, this woman that Kirk's been going to rescue has, I presume it's meant to be an Irish accent. Yeah, I thought Irish. That is diabolical, that accent. Whatever, whatever <laughs> she's trying to do, she's not nailing it. No, she's no, she's not great at the Irish accent, but and yeah, so he's basically in. It turns into sort of witchfinder general, doesn't it? Sort of. I mean, it's. I think if there's a fault with this episode, it's that Kirk's subplots maybe a bit undercooked. It, it there seems to be a lot of setup to not much kind of payoff with it. I mean, yeah, it's just Kirk trying to get back. <laughs> now, don't you think this is strange that 
the starts that he he knows he came through roughly where the wall is, and he starts shouting at him. Yeah. And McCoy and Spot, uh, McCoy and Spot can hear him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. He's shouting. So what you got to imagine is, I only way I think this is happening is he's shouting to through the portal to where he came from, and then the sound is coming from the portal. Back in time, even further to where Makoya. Yeah, it must be because otherwise, is everybody who went through if they stand near like, where? Oh, well, that's the only thing you can assume is that. Yeah, can they all hear? Yeah, that every portal is open. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it does seem that way from what we see for the rest of the episode. It's just a case of finding it. Yeah. And um, for some reason, Kirk can't quite find the right bit of wall and. Spock and Spock and McCoy explained why they can't go through, so they they have to go through together. But um, yeah, so you do get a bit of this, like oh, you're talking to spirits and witches and yeah. all all of these things. And Kirk works out pretty quickly that this, like, I'm I'm gonna call him the Inquisitor because he he seems like the Witchfinder General or something. The guy who interrogates him, and Kirk seems to assess that he must be from the future as well. Yeah, that is come through it. And it, it's weird because, like, Kirk's, to some extent, he's doing the usual cover story, which is, like, we come from a faraway land, you know. And he said, I'm from an island called Earth. But then on the other hand, he's going, oh, they're my friends from the future. And it's like, well, it, it, yeah, either go all out with your cover story or don't bother. <laughs> it's Yeah, it is a bit strange at times. Yeah. And, but the the main thing, the main sort of thrust of the story is Spock, isn't it? And what goes on with him. And I like how subtly at first you get these things of, like, his logic seems to be failing. You know, he's saying, well... Uh, yeah, I he should, can't work something out. So. Yeah, I should go rescue the captain, but I know he's safe, so... But should I stay here? And why can't I work it out, sort of thing? And I think he's done quite subtly... To begin yeah, with. I, I think this is a really good Spock episode. I do, yeah. And it's good when Leonard Nimoy gets to show off other sides. You know, obviously he's amazing as Spock. And, you know, pe- it's tempting sometimes for people to say, oh, you know, it's it, it's not that difficult to act sort of stoic and everything. But to act that restrained and yeah, still it, manage it to convey so I'd, much. I'd assume it's very, very difficult to act. Yeah, and, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes just how good Leonard Nimoy's performance is, but letting him explore other sides of him here, you know, with... The yeah, meet- when he's allowed to express emotions and... Yeah, and they meet this Zarabeth, um, who seems to have stolen her outfit from Barbarella or something. <laughs> yeah. And... <clears throat> you get these interesting, like, explanations, like, they they change the cell structure to match the time they're being sent to so they can't go back. And that, you know, Mr. Atos was saying that, wasn't he? He was saying, I haven't prepared you yet, so yeah, you I can't need to go pre- through. Uh, wait, I need to prepare. I'll, once you've chosen, I'll prepare you. Yeah. So that's good. I like that idea. I like the sort of central idea of this episode that if you go back to a certain point in time, you're... Your physiology effectively will will change we'll as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something we we touch on anywhere else. I don't think, but it's an interesting concept for this episode. And this obviously leads to Spock at first kind of starts to get a bit angry with McCoy, and this is where we find out uh, that we're five thousand years in the past, and that yeah, and it's before the. Vulcans had learned to suppress the emotions, so... Which, 
I'm I'm not I'm not sure about this because five thousand years in the past from from where they were in Star Trek, if we take that five thousand years back and put humanity we were developing like early civilizations and early languages and um I think the the first Egyptian calendar can be dated back to that time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously still very much uh, basic compared to where we are now, but it's not hitting people over the head with a club and dragging them into your cave sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas I always got the impression that Vulcans as a society had been around a long, lot longer more than humanity. Yeah, They've had warp technology for thousands of years, as far as I'm That's aware. That's what I. They'd have to have had warp technology to shim for thousands of years for the Romulan Empire to be well, thousands exactly, of years yeah. old, and for it to split off. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's one of them probably where it's again you've got to just say, well, it's the original series. The yeah. ideas were still being fleshed out. Yeah, it's so sort of like and don't get to... like to be fair, you used to get things like. Back in the 60s, you were still getting movies made a million years BC as big blockbuster movies. Oh, yeah. That were putting dinosaurs at a million years. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think you've got to sort oh, of give a bit yeah. leeway when it's, they go with... I mean, my, my approach to any sort of canonical issues or anything in the original series is basically not to worry about it because they they didn't start to establish the law thoroughly until next gen yeah so you know i i don't worry about it but i just thought it was an interesting idea that this episode is kind of implying that vulcans are, are behind humans in terms of development but every... well, not, not not in terms of development it's in terms of um suppressing the emotions right is what they're saying that five thousand years previously do you've the Vulcans were suppressing the emotions. But they go further, which, like they say they were barbarians. And But then, I suppose... It depends how you, con- how you look at it. Like, I think the Vulcans were technologically advanced. Yeah, I suppose... When, uh, when they were still fighting before they got emotions, because I'm sure that's touched on, that they were having nuclear wars. Well, they must have been. And they must have been technologically advanced if the Romulans broke off and managed yeah. to go settle a new... Yeah. And I suppose to a modern Vulcan, a Vulcan... I think they address quite a lot of it in Enterprise with the... Yeah. With the Times, but it's a while, quite a while since I've watched Enterprise, so... It is me, yeah. So, yeah, you get... Bones is accusing Spock of wanting to stay, and you get a bit of tension there and everything. Meanwhile, Kirk escapes, and this is where he beats up all the Mr. Aetozzes. <laughs> And Mr. Atos manages to stun him with his little, little yeah, stun thing. Yeah, uh, is this where sort of Mr. Atos tells us um, what's actually happening, that all the people have escaped to go back in time? Yeah, yeah, this is where we're finding out what's going on. And he's it's... basically, I've got to make sure you go back, so off you go. Yeah, and he, he's like, trying I'm to... trying to think about this. Like, that's a lot of people decided to just go pollute their own history. Yeah, it is an interesting There's one. There's going to be no contamination here. <laughs> maybe they don't have temporal time directives. Maybe, is, maybe they've got... I don't think they were that concerned about it, to be fair, back in TOS, with things like tem- with uh, temporal contamination. I don't know, because but... they, they do a bit in Tomorrow is Yesterday about that. Yeah, true. And, yeah, it's an interesting concept. If the 
if the entire civilization at, at whatever level it is now, so let's say the Earth did it, what, what what's the population of Earth? About 6 billion or something. Wait, hey. No, more. 7, seven, seven billion. So let's say Somewhere 7 out, billion. Like... So it, if we did that now and went back to, let's say, the English Civil War, the population of the Earth was way less than that at that time. Oh, and then I, I think... If you go back to the English Civil War, you probably look... I'm sure it's down it, it's in the hundreds of millions at that time. So, let's say, you know, like even if we say, you know... It, I think it turned at 19th century, we were only up to about one or two billion. So, let's say that then. We go back to when it's two billion. So, now all of a sudden you've got four times as many people being injected yeah. into a timeline. And then they will presumably... Some of them will have their own children, etc., etc. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get through the loop again, you've now got ten billion people who go back. And yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. And obviously, the further you go back, the longer you'll have to increase the population. So if yeah. you go right back to this ice age that we're seeing uh, five thousand years ago, then it's going to be great. Anyway, it probably best not to think about it. Ultimately, yeah. the planet blows up, but... Like, don't you find it strange as well? This planet's advanced enough to have this sophisticated time travel, but they've got no space flight. Yeah, they should have probably worked on that. When Which... somebody went back, they should have said, let's stop pissing about with this time travel. And, yeah. And Mr. Atos, every time this loop goes around, must be like, you know, last time I only had to do 7 billion people, and now I've got... 10 billion to do yeah, and it's taking me bloody ages and i just can't get rid of captain kirk because he keeps fighting me while i'm trying to drag him <laughs> drag him through the thing but um yeah it's an interesting one yeah, um it's very, so very strange spock and zarabeth then they have a bit of a thing going on and he calls yeah, her she, beautiful like, and yeah she says that uh somebody you don't somebody sent her back that sh- and they wouldn't kill her they wouldn't yeah, all she, after a crime, it, but they've sentenced it, her to be on her own, basically. Yeah, it sounds like she's basically a political exile. Yeah, it's a, I can't work out exactly what she is. You know what this is? This is, um, if you watch, which I don't recommend doing, but if you watch Highlander 2, the renegade cut, instead of being from planet Zeist, the immortals are retconned as being from the Earth's past like the Earth's distant, distant past, and then they send their criminals to the future. So, yeah, it's a similar... Yeah. Similar. So maybe you can only kill Zarabeth by beheading her is what I'm getting at. But um, So, yeah, you have this thing, Spock calls her beautiful, and there's a good bit where he says, so where's the source of heat? And he says, oh, good, I can build a greenhouse. Yeah, but um, then that's it. Whatever she's caught is eating... Yeah, and, uh, and this is where he starts questioning himself, and I'm I'm eating meat, and I'm enjoying yeah, and it. This, and this gives us pretty much confirmation that Spock is uh, a vegetarian. We assume. I think that's been brought up a few times yeah. previously. I think that's quite well established. Him as oh vegetarian. yeah, it's, it's one of them things that I always knew, but I couldn't remember where it came from. So yeah, I'm quite sure it's been quite well established in, in and... even in TOS that he was vegetarian. Right, and it certainly looks like Spock gets a bit of action in this episode because he yeah. he sweeps her up into his arms and off they go, which 
is pretty much as much as you could show in 60s TV. Yeah, that, yeah in 60s TV, <laughs> he was getting some serious action if he'd swept her up in his yeah, arms. Yeah, that's, that's the code for what's actually going on. It was. <laughs> and this is where we go back to Kirk. Now, this is a bit I found really interesting. While he's scrapping with Mr. Atars, they throw a chair that goes through the portal... So was the were these witch finder general geezers just standing round and all of a sudden this futuristic chair just pings out of a wall and Well, you've got to assume so. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was set at this point to where Mr. Atas was going to go to. Ah, uh, maybe so. Uh, so he's uh, got uh, his chair. And he's thrown a chair at his wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dad's coming. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I shoot, I shoot, I'm getting the impression how this works. Like, ten, sends you to an exact time and place. Oh, it must do. So yeah. So if he's going to meet his wife and kids, he must be able to tell them the exact time and place he will be arriving. So the portal's open because he's getting ready to go himself. We assume at this point because he's got everyone else gone yeah. before Kirk goes back. So except for his thing, his wife and kids are there, and Kirk throws a chair at them. <laughs> But the good thing about that is that when he gets to the past, he's got his nice chair waiting for him. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, they they have this sort of tension-building thing of, I've got to find the right prehistoric Ice Age, Ice Age. thing. <laughs> and they do. And, yeah, it, and then it's the dilemmas. Spock really don't want to go. But, but he has to go back with McCoy. Yeah, they, they have to travel together. They've got to go together. And it's quite a... A sweet sort of scene where he leaves Zarabeth and yeah. Then when they yeah, do, you've got to feel sorry for her because she's dumped again on her own. Well, exactly. Eternal loneliness. Well, until she dies, loneliness. Well, you don't know because seven billion people could be turning up, but <laughs> but yeah, for now she's pretty alone. Well, I'm assuming no one else has gone because everyone else on the planet has already gone through. You would assume so, yeah. So I think she's stuck there on her own now. Yeah, and then. Spock goes, Oh, don't worry, I'm all I'm all back to normal now as soon as they get back to yeah. the present day. But there's that quite he almost sort of gives a bit of a eulogy for her, like, you know, she's buried in the past and blah and it's really sad. Yeah, yeah, it is actually sad. Yeah, it's good. It's a really, really good Spock stuff in this one. It is, it's it's it it's interesting to see him regress and go and lose his emotions, but it don't get Apart from his little uh, fight with McCoy, yeah, it's not it, it, it's not sort of a mock time levels of of violence from Spock. We've seen him, I mean, we've seen him more violent. And we've seen him be dafter in um, the Paradise Syndrome. Yeah, so yeah, I think this is quite a oh this side of Paradise. Sorry, not the Paradise. Syndrome. I know, which, I knew what she meant. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think this does it really well. I think this is probably the best one for him regressing. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's a really strong. Strong episode because you know, season three of TOS had a lot of problems and uh, it did. But there's also some. Re- if you, the, I think season three gets a really bad rep. It does, yeah. For Spock's brain, which is you can't defend it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is indefensible. But there's actually some really, yeah, there is. really good episodes some, in season three. Yeah, there's some great episodes, and there's there's episodes that really... And I think because Turnabout Intrude turned out to be the last one, and it's not a strong episode. No, it's not, but, but you know... if it was mid-season, you didn't, no one would bat an eyelid no. about it, and it wouldn't get the same press. 
the same press it does get. No, I mean this and this one would have been a better one to finish on. The the previous episode, the Savage Curtain, would have been a better one, I think, to to finish yeah. on as well. But you know, there are definitely some gems in season three. It's just it's nowhere near the level of seasons one and two. But no, and there's some. I think if you actually, I, I think if you didn't know which order they were in, yeah, and you showed them randomly, I think you could. There'd probably be as many good episodes in season three as is in all the other seasons. Oh, that's bold. But well, yeah, I'd have may- to really look at it. But I bet if you actually looked at it objectively, yeah, you. It's maybe because it's not got. Season three's not got that iconic episode like a mock time journey to Babel, trouble with tribbles, space seed, um, yeah, yeah, errand of mercy. Uh, it's it's just not got that one that it's stands a, out. One like iconic that. episode, but yeah, I suppose the Enterprise incident is the the closest, but yeah, uh, but no, there is some good stuff, and that was definitely a good episode to look at. So yeah, I think that more or less wraps us up for those two episodes. Yeah. Um, we'll be back again with more time travel as we wait for Discovery, which is not being refilmed. It is on its way. It's yeah, just a question we, of how long we have to wait for it. Yeah, uh, like restrictions are starting to be lifted slowly, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, some things are starting uh, filming again. I can't remember what I was reading about, but there's a, a major film uh, is due to start re- start shooting again. So, yeah, we're getting there. And Discovery yeah, doesn't like need I to say, shoot. I think within a month of them being able to get back in studio, because it's all filmed, <laughs> we assume it's pretty much edited already. It just needed the music is what they'd said. So I don't think we'll get... Yeah. Once they're back on, I think CBS will make an announcement. I think coming. at the latest, it'll be when this rebranded CBS All Access launches. Yeah, which the, if they've just merged with Viacom... Well, they have just merged back into with Viacom. You imagine it could that could be very, very quickly. Yeah, I'd expect it before the autumn, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. Uh, you can email us on the same, RetrekPod at gmail.com, or you can check out the Facebook group, and we're all on there. Uh, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.